Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rebecca and welcome to the BNZ Connect Series. Today we are chatting with Hamish Conway from Sell Global, about online marketplaces and how you export without the need to travel. Uh, Hamish Conway is a weapon when it comes to the world of business. He was a former Ennis and Young Entrepreneur of the Year category winner, which means he is very very good at this whole entrepreneurial landscape thing. Uh, he's uh, worked closely with over 300 businesses to help them market and sell their products and services and um, has a very unique perspective of selling and seeing the true inside workings of so many businesses uh, that you've uh, been able to hone to over these years. So, Hamish, welcome to the uh, to the, the session and, and show and let's get into it. Great, Robert. Great to be here. Thank you. Let's jump straight in. Um, the world of Online marketplaces. Uh, I remember years and years ago, people didn't trust them to be able to put a credit card online. And now you look at it and you can order coffees through your voice, through a phone and all the rest of it. Maybe we'll start here at a start point. What's the biggest shift in the headspace that you've seen in the consumer space of the average uh, person online when it comes to thinking about online marketplaces and I guess online uh, purchasing in general over the last, you know, say, 10 or so years from what you've seen from, I guess, day one to here, how would you kind of encapsulate that up to start with? Well, 10 years is, a, is an age, is a, such a long time in, in e-commerce for a start, isn't it? Like 10 years ago, we were barely buying things online to now, and particularly with what happened, what's what we're still in and what happened last year, there's been this massive step change in how consumers buy. And, and so from mm. buying on people's websites, that was the, the common way. And then marketplaces come to light where there's just this big opportunity for consumers to compare products. It's, you know, it's like a search mm. engine, but for, for stuff people want to buy. And so they can, they can see the reviews, they can see the price there. And then usually this tied in some convenience around um, shipping as well. So it's really these marketplaces have just made it easier for consumers to buy and they they remove a lot of the friction you could say in that sale because mm. when people were getting used to buying online there was this like hesitation with the credit card it's like do i trust this brand am i what's going to happen to my card here to the point where like on amazon for example you don't even need to enter your card in there it's just one click you know do i want this product buy now with one click so there's the friction mm. has gone out of the sale and that, that's what the smart marketplaces have done yeah, the the consumer behavior for, I guess, trust within technology has got better over time, but it definitely felt for a couple of years there, every time you might think about doing it, you'd be just wondering, oh, geez, where's this number going to? What's happening? <laughs> I so I think yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the trust has, has come through. So maybe at a start yeah. point, um, do you want to maybe start mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, explain kind of what marketplaces are and potentially why they're a good strategy for consumer brands to consider? Because obviously, you know, we're in, a, we're in a global market now. There's no reason you can't be local to go global. Um, but there seems to be an educational either handbrake or something that's maybe a bit of fear for businesses to even think about online to, at, at a start point. So how, how would you sort of kick off with that? It's, you know, it's interesting, Robert, in New Zealand, we're not really that accustomed to buying from marketplaces. We've got this trade me would be an example of a marketplace, but that's also secondhand goods. And recently there's been the market, which is part of the warehouse group. That's a curated um, marketplace. And then you've got the likes of Amazon, and it's, kind of, it's also known as like the everything store because literally you can buy everything. I mean, for you, Robert, like in, you're in San Francisco now, like how often are you buying off a, a marketplace like Amazon? 
Very regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, like also, so, lockdown, you're sitting at home and you're like, ah, I get it. So new, new habits of consuming. I think your point before as well, though, Hamish, of looking at what's out there, what's available, and and with mm. it too, where it, where it gets you. As the smart AI knows what you're searching for and associated products, the next thing you know, oh, I was going to get some golf shoes and oh, I might need some new golf shorts. And then, oh, while I'm at it, why don't I get dot, dot, dot. So technology has yeah. in many ways um, helped, the, helped the retailer, but also from a consumer side, when it's becoming easier and easier through leveraging that technology, it's making um, purchasing decisions definitely a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. So, and like, and in the States, I've got friends who will be like a dozen times a week, they're buying stuff. But in New Zealand, we're still not, we're not, as consumers, we don't really use marketplaces as much. Across the the Tasman, you've got the likes of eBay, Catch. Um, in the States, we've also got Walmart is now a marketplace. Bunnings has got a marketplace. But basically, it's like a, it's an aggregation of a whole lot of products that will fit that, that um, audience that uh, that marketplace might specialize in, you could say. So it's really there to make it easier for consumers to buy. And there's that big trust factor that we talked about. There's the convenience. There's the comparison. There's even looking for looking at reviews to see is this a good idea. So that's really the the marketplaces. And, and an interesting stat, like just to get a sense of how big this is for if you if you own um, your a consumer brand that is good for selling online, is 62% of all online purchases happen from a marketplace. 62%. And that, that's come from a, it's a digital e-commerce 360. I got that stat from. And out of that um, 62% to get the size of it, it is $2.67 trillion uh, is the size of the top 100 marketplaces in the world. So it's serious, right? And, and even more staggering mm. is two-thirds of that, uh, two-thirds of those $2.67 trillion is from Amazon, Tmall, and Taobao. Right, so just those three make up um, a staggering amount. So the key thing is, right, if you if you have a brand and and consumer brand that you're selling, is to go well. Where are people buying? And if 62% of consumers are buying on marketplaces, then you want to have your products in front of those people, right? So that this kind of makes sense. You want to sell where people are buying, and and marketplaces, uh, that's where people are buying 62% of the time. So it needs to be part of the mix. Mm. Well, also when you think about, I'm growth. I'm imagining the growth of that 62% as well has become an exponential growth curve, especially over the last five years, as it's become easier with more of the the UX and integrations of these um, these these bigger companies. And so, if you kind of see where the marketplace is going, you, you, or where the the consumers' behaviour is going, it's become very apparent that it's sort of hidden there. Which kind of segues straight into this this next one. So, if you're a company in New Zealand, you're thinking about going into these online marketplaces from what you've seen in the ecosystem, like what sort of uh, products have you seen work really well? And what are some of the, um, I guess, the stories of other brands who you've seen that have been able to be quite successful in the space with what they've done and how they've done it? Yeah, so there's, uh, you know, that's the, the million dollar question, isn't it? Like which ones are absolutely going to work? And and there's a bit of a, a, a science and an art behind it. And 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 it does start with the quality of the product, right? You've, you've got to have a product that, does what it says it's going to do. It's you know it's going to have positive reviews. It does help people. It, you know that's the starting point. You've got to have a great a great product. And those that have done well, that's really been the foundation of. They've actually had a great product. Mm-hmm. And then then it means that then you can do the other things. Like you've got to really have a fantastic brand presence. And it's like anything that you're trying to sell online. People can't pick it up and touch it and feel it. So they've got to visually 
you, you've got to evoke those emotions visually through great uh, imagery and even the, the the words and the copy that you use needs to be really on point. So you build this um, brand presence, you could say, and it's like selling anything online, you, people, someone buying it, you know, they've got these lists of questions in their head that they've got to tick off to, um, to make sure that their concerns have been addressed before they hit that buy now button. So, you know, the brands that have done well have been really good at that. Not surprisingly, in New Zealand, there's been some food and beverage brands that have done done really well. Uh, we, you know, New Zealand is great with that, and the and the whole provenance of the of the food where it's coming from, be it manuka honey or some healthy snack foods or peanut butter, for example. You know, there's there's those those sort of foods can do quite well. But then there's also in the you know, it comes down to if you've got some unique point of difference and around the ingredients, and it could be in the in the toys and, and game space or arts and craft space, there's been some good ones. But then even even surprisingly, in the kind of in the pets category or the like some clever design and around the agri like fencing and um and like in around uh, chicken feeding and just different things like that that are kind of a little bit out there you might not realize that have actually done really well. And when you think, and and what can happen, right, is because it's such a big market that you can find, oh, you can find a, a narrow niche inside of that, which you can do really well just by you know by winning mm. in a in a small in a small niche. So yeah, the, yeah. So the products is quite a wide range of products, and it's not just the product is key, but it's also what is around that in terms of the the um, you know the the quality of the brand, the story of the brand, increasingly. Mm. Consumers are wanting to know that in terms of what is the, you know, the ethics behind this brand and do they resonate with it as well. So that's increasingly important. Well, it's a great um, tie into how when these brands are trying to set up online, how do they create a digital presence for what their brand stands for, its values and create that story virtually without physically being there for the product. So one, you know, coming down to the story, story town and, and marketplaces. So for the for the ones that you've seen so far, like if you're a brand in New Zealand potentially right now, like what do you think um like how can brands make the, the best of what's actually available right now? Like how do how do business owners or people creating products and stuff kind of zoom out a little bit more of like kind of a step one to look into the world of what this online these marketplaces could be. If you're a New Zealand company right now that's thinking about it where would they go and what you to do? How do, what, how do they start to take these first steps to think about the world of online marketplaces with how it could actually help their business? So the, the thing that people need to get is that they, even though they're online marketplaces, you're still exporting. You know, so so for for example, with food or health products, you've got you've got the country compliance. So there's, there's actually, unfortunately, some boring stuff that, <laughs> that needs to be looked at and and ticked off. I know that's, that's the the downside. But again, that that's some barriers to to entry as well, which can be helpful. But it, it, it comes back to their overall business um, approach. Like, what are you actually trying to achieve? And and mm. are your consumers going to be on these marketplaces? And 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 is what's interesting is a lot of companies they go from being B two B. They've been selling to distributors or or retailers, not direct to the consumer. And so as they switch their head, their thinking around to going right, we're going to go direct to consumer. They actually have to get really clear on what's going on inside the consumer's head and actually going and and the communication they have with with the the end consumer. And often that's a bit of a leap for mm -hmm. people to make. So getting getting clear on that, getting clear on the compliance, like can I actually sell in this country and does it make sense 
will will those uh, will that country resonate with my product? Will they know what my product is about? Um, you know, as much as we like kiwi fruit, not all Americans understand kiwi fruit, <laughs> or you know other things. Uh, you know, related to New Zealand, it's not always about just you know the New Zealand story isn't isn't enough. It needs to be about the the product and the brand, and is that going to resonate with that market? Is it going to be for that market? Is uh, is an important thing. So you look at the compliance, and oh, jump in. Yeah, there's a few more. No, no, I was just going to say the um, the kind of the localized nuance of how businesses mm. will choose to tell that story. It's not copy paste across the world because you know even if you look at England with the way the accents are from north to south is different, from east to west is different, <laughs> from you know every yeah. little spot, and you know and and a. Uh, Australian advert potentially around something that's relevant to them might have no relevance to the local market and it totally gets sort of steamrolled. So, which is kind of a, a great thing I was going to jump into is, you know, out of all the, in the last, you know, uh, you know, 10 or so years that you've seen this game, what have been some of the biggest, I guess, mistakes that brands have done on their approach coming into it? Like that you've seen time and time and time and time again. And you're like, mm come on guys like what are we doing here what how have people messed this thing up when they when they think about online marketplaces and strategy into the this digital ecosystem of e-commerce well so many <laughs> so many but i mean mostly it's uh people one thing is they'll just dabble they go oh we'll just give this a crack and and they don't actually commit they don't make a committed decision mm. to go right i'm gonna absolutely we're going to the States or we're going to the UK and we're going to make this work and we're going to commit. As soon as people dabble, go, well, give it a, give it a crack. They, it just doesn't go well. Number, that's number one. Uh, number two is they, uh, they, they aren't market ready, so they can get into trouble around some compliance side of things. Or they haven't actually looked at the competition, the competitive set to go, okay, how do we actually fit in here? How are we going to stand out from the crowd uh, on a, in an online uh, situation? Because that, that can be visually, you can that can be a point of difference. But how am I going to win? They don't actually have that have that winning strategy in mind. And mm -hmm. and and kind of linking back to the dabbling thing, like and this this could be self serving. Like there are quite a few complexities, and if you you dive in, and and even just getting an account open on some of these marketplaces can be a mission. And right out of the gate, people are stuck, and then that's a really difficult thing to unwind. So it is. Like you are, you're selling into a new market. You've actually got to do your homework and actually have a clear strategy of how you're going to win and ticking off all those things that are going to make it work. And even looking at the financial side of things and more so now because uh, that pesky freight and that, that distance is, uh, is a factor that you've got to consider. So you've got to make sure you're, you're selling products at the right price. And you'll be surprised actually, often people will under, undercharge what they could, you know, we've had so many examples of companies um, charging double what they would sell the product for in New Zealand, but um, that, that that's what they're doing. So you could be missing out on on uh, on profit. So there, there's a few things, but there's there's more. <laughs> no, no, I get, uh, there's, there's there's always more with it where they mess up. I've just written down um, uh, cost, compliance, and context. Like context, the local market compliance mm. for the different regulations in the different spot, and then obviously potentially even pricing the cost as well as the competitors. There's quite a lot of lot of C's in there. Um, I know. <laughs> when so that's that, but it makes sense though. You know, they're they're in a, in a local spot. They're not looking out and seeing sort of big enough. When you um, you've worked with hundreds of these companies uh, in the past and those that maybe go down the path of fully committing 
into this you if instead of dabbling let's say the committers uh, what's what's surprised you the most about their journeys after they've committed into it to really give it a crack with a good strategy good uh, localized context to the marketplace good solid costings got the compliance all dialed they know who the competitors are those that have crushed and dominated uh, what has surprised you the most about their journeys um, going from local to global mm -hmm. good so so probably the the not surprising bit is they've been consistent so they, they, they commit and they're consistent over time and, and even patient is an aspect as well. A funny thing on marketplaces, not a funny thing, but something about marketplaces is that they will favor the incumbent sellers that are already there. So as a newcomer to a market marketplace, you've got to overcome these incumbents. So you've got to build up your reviews. You've got to build up the, the, your conversion rate or the, the searches that people make and they click on your product and buy. So you got to, you kind of got to earn your stripes. So, it's often been between months 12 and 18 on the platform that the real results come. And so they, they hold the course, right? So that, that's one of, the, one of the key things. Then there's also just been, as I alluded to before, what people can charge. Like they've actually been able to charge premium prices. And even in some cases, we test putting the price down and didn't sell anymore, put the price back up and, and, and sales continue. So that, that's always, that's often a, a surprising thing. And then even like as last year hit, like the and consumers' behavior just shifted. There was uh, you know just what what people started to buy because they were in a lockdown situation uh, was interesting. And some some companies just five x or even ten x their sales like out of the gate, and it and it helped. And so that was like wow, that's interesting. Just being in the right, you know, they were that. The good news is, is that they had made the steps to be on the platform already. So that was that was a big plus, right? Because I actually, there's a little aside. Um, last year, a lot of people started going, we need to be on online more and selling more. And I had some people coming through that I looked at, looked back in our CRM and noticed it'd been two years earlier they had, uh, with, they'd been in touch with us, but they decided not to move ahead. And I was kind of like, that's interesting. If, Two years ago, if they had moved, then they would have been so much further ahead. But anyway, that hindsight's a beautiful thing, right? But um, no, well, I just yeah. wrote down here those who those who are prepared prosper, Correct. You know, especially yeah. with the tech thing, because yeah. the scalability of the infrastructure that they already had set up was able to probably deal with the the bombardment of of orders and scalability and logistics and dot 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 dot. dot. Mm. So yeah, mm. if you um, yeah, it's it's interesting seeing the the lack of planning from some businesses, but then those who fully commit with all those other things when they have a good plan in place for it. I mean, I'm sure any small business would really like a five x of yearly revenue during a pandemic. So you know, maybe maybe it's one of the things to be taken a bit more serious than most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I remember like the guys actually like they from this one company. First couple of days, they're like, oh, my God, how are we going to survive? Two days later, they're like, oh, my Lord, this is a massive opportunity. <laughs> and so just how they switch their, their whole uh, thinking around it very quickly. So, yeah, yeah. so what, in summary, they, they hold the course. They're patient. There's pricing in there. The, uh, their presentation, we're going down the P theme now. So they, they really nail the branding, right? So that, that's mm -hmm. from a video point of view, from a visual point of view. The messaging it's consistent across the sites so when people are 
are searching, they they like looking on the shelf, the online shelf. It's really easy to see their brand, and it draws people's mm. attention, and they want to click on it and engage with it. And it's also consistent with their own website and with their own socials. So, as consumers, what's interesting now, consumers jump around the internet when they're buying. So they'll they might start on Amazon and see a brand and go to the go to Google it, go to the website, look at the socials off that and then either go back to the website and buy or go back to Amazon and buy. So people jump around to because they want to have their questions answered around, you know, what are other people saying about this? What is the actual story behind this brand? Is there an mm. easier delivery for this? What is there a price better somewhere else? So they're, they're jumping around and so they've got this consistency, the brands that are doing well, wherever people are seeing them on their website, socials, on marketplaces, they know that is the brand. And so they've, they've got mm. this whole you get this whole cross-channel uplift where because the consumer is seeing you everywhere where they're searching, it just builds this trust. And mm. and it's just a subconscious thing that, they're, oh, they must be, uh, because I see them everywhere, they're on you know, they're on Amazon, they're on eBay, they're on Catch, they're, they've got their website there, they're Google shopping, they're seeing them, seeing them everywhere. So therefore, it just lifts you know all, what is that saying around um all boats rise you know as you uh as the tide rises <laughs> so it's a bit like mm-hmm. that with uh, the mm. marketplaces and in your own website i get it um this has been an awesome great chat the crew have got um it makes you've got um definitive guide to selling on e-marketplaces for new zealand consumer brands i believe now they're going to be obviously attaching a, a bit of a, a link to that uh, if people are wanting to understand a little bit more about um online marketplaces all the different bits and pieces that you're into uh, where can they go to and what can they do so people can go to gosellglobal.com and we've got some great resources there. And also you can, you can book a call to have a conversation. And I love having conversations with people because everyone's situation is unique. And, and uh, it's good to, you know, after a while I do give straight, uh, you know, feedback as to whether I think now's a good time for it or later or what could work. So that, that's really the first place to uh, go there. But also just, you know, have, have a look around on, on Google and just even – because you can, from New Zealand, you can now buy on Amazon Australia and have products sent. So even just go and buy something on it from put yourself in the consumer shoes and and uh, go buy and see what the experience is like. And then as a brand, you'll you'll start to understand that more. So I think there's a few things you could you can do there as well. And and certainly the guide that uh, you can access, I think there'll be a link link somewhere below that that gives you you know a good outline of uh, just getting your thinking started about like, is this right for me um, for the company? And, mm. and if so, which countries could make sense or which marketplaces could make sense. So really useful guide for people to get. Awesome. Hey, really appreciate your time. Uh, Hamish, uh, you've been watching the BNZ connect series uh, talking with uh, a very smart man indeed when it comes to all this stuff. Hamish Conway, thanks for your time, buddy. And uh, we'll put the links below for the other resources and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Brilliant. Thanks, Robert. You too. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Thanks.